Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. Yes, coming in uh, extra hot again. Our usual host, Sean, is away yet again. He's in a location where I can't remember the name of and I couldn't pronounce it in the first place. So we're just going to say it's in the middle of nowhere and he has uh, somehow even worse internet phone reception than he does at his place of residence. Um, But Jabba, how are you going today? Good internet? Yeah, really well. I'm in the hub of Melbourne. So yeah, today's a big day, obviously. Melbourne Cup, absolutely buzzing about that but um, oh yeah I bet. yeah you have a punt uh i will dabble yeah respons- responsibly yeah always gamble responsibly barney what about you you gonna chuck a few bucks on a on a horse any tips no it's the it's named the race that stops the nation but it will not stop me i will i will be doing other things better things than uh than watching the races <laughs> oh such watching, as watching spurs <laughs> highlights from the first 10 games of the season uh, watching the ticker to see when they officially sign Conte. Yeah, the polishing, rumor mill. Polishing Nuno's August Manager of the Month award. <laughs> Did he get one? Yeah, straight up. Did you guys get I'm, a win that I'm month? Ju- I'm just looking. I'm just looking at screenshots of uh, us when we were top of the table before the international break. Yeah, that the Spurs were going to win it. the league. Yeah. <laughs> there was that shout. There was. Yeah. I mean, I thought there was a glimpse even last season uh, at one stage where Liverpool played Spurs, and I'm like, they look legit. Um, and that fell away very hard for both teams. Um, but anyway, let's let's jump into some of the weekly happenings. We've already, I think, touched on one of them. Barney, you want to fire us off? Yeah, we'll go straight into the the Spurs crisis, and Nuno is gone. Actually, preemptively, when I uh, originally wrote this, these weekly happenings, I had Nuno looks like be on his way out, and then about an hour later, Joe put a message in the group chat, and it was uh, Nuno is officially gone. So yeah, he's he's done after ten matches in the league. In charge of Spurs, um, very unconvincing, I'd say. But also at the same time, I'd say this is solely not Nuno's fault. This is a large majority. This has to fall on Daniel Levy. Yeah. So I just this morning actually saw a comment. I don't know if you guys saw from Jamie Carragher. Um, I know you, you guys respect him as a pundit and, and a person. Um, mm. He said that it wasn't a, <laughs> it wasn't a, it wasn't a bad sacking, but it was a bad appointment. I feel like that's something we could probably all agree on there. Yeah, so I'd, let me, I'd let say me that's cast your cast your mind back to July. So I don't know if you remember when they were looking for potential candidates for the job. Nuno was available, but they didn't want him because they wanted someone better. And then they got him. They were like, "Oh, we've got him." Yeah, and they it, fell then, back into it. Yeah, him. and they felt they, like they never really wanted him. And then it seems like they they always set him up to fail. Like yeah. the players, the players bought in for like a month, but then you could see when he really started to like try and put in his tactical changes, they were like, "Nah, we're not doing this." And they're basically mm. down tools. And as you said, like Daniel Levy's appointed him and sacked him within three months. Surely you've got to put your hand up and be like, I got this one wrong. Yeah, but we all know he's definitely not going to put yeah. his hand up. He's just gonna he's just gonna like, you know, hide it away with us trying to sign someone big like Conte and then hopefully everyone forgets about his cock up. But yeah, I, I agree with you completely. It's 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 most of it is on Levy and yeah, like you say, he was never wanted and he he just he just signed him because everyone was starting to put the pressure on Levy, being like, "Why haven't you signed a manager yet? Like, get someone in." And they're like, "Oh shit! All right, who's the easiest to sign?" 
Nuno, let's just get him in, get it done. Did yes, he sign uh, any? Yeah. Did he sign any players? Nuno, or what do you mean with before he before he came in? No, Nuno. Yeah, so I mean, but the signings did they? Did he? Mean I don't, did he actually sign anyone in his time? No, no. I mean, I think all the players well, it's done. Got, regular, can, was yeah. Done. I think they'd all come in before um, Nuno had even like Ramiro was done. I think I can't. I can't remember exactly, but I don't think he had much of a say in anyone that came in as well. It's a shame too because he he is like a manager that has his his own style and tactics. So I feel like if 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 he could have or they had have just bought in more, like you said, they they could have done a lot better. But I don't know. It, yeah, like you said, it just a bit a bit shambolic. But there was like there was like from the start, like everyone was like, look, nothing against Nuno, but like you know, Tottenham like to think that we like a we're a, like a, we play good football, like good to watch football. Um, and so like everyone knew from the start that Nuno, that's not how he plays. He's very pragmatic, very like, you know, defensive sits back and then hits on the counter. Like that's his way he plays. And that's, if that's how he wants to play, that's fair enough. But like, we knew that from the start and everyone's, that's why everyone's a bit worried and they're like linking him with the job and then he gets the job and he tries to play that way. And then, you know, the board are like, oh, like what, what's going on? What, what, I thought you'd adjust to what we wanted, not what you want to do. So, yeah, I think it all comes down to just a bad appointment from the start, and hopefully it doesn't affect Nuno's future prosperities of getting a job. Yeah, Barney, I think that's that tension. I think is so important because like they hired him. Like I guarantee he presented like something around those pretenses. Like, and you can still win shit and not play, you know, sparkling, entertaining football. Yeah. So, like, like, if you buy in, like, a la Jose Mourinho, granted it's probably a bygone yeah. era, but, like, if you, even Conte, like, they're not the most beautiful football teams you've ever seen, but they win shit and they're, like, ultra effective. Chelsea right now, like, they're just so efficient. Like, they just, they just never appeared to buy in. And that's two managers in a row for this playing group where they just haven't bought in and it's quite obvious to see. So, I, like, I'm thinking potentially there's a problem with the leadership, but also the playing group, like, they just, they seem to be too big for their boots. Yeah, I think it's a bit of that, but I, I, am, you know, I don't, I don't want to get into it too much. We can maybe do our own segment on this, but I'd love to see some statistics um, on like before Daniel Levy took over the club, and then like post Daniel Levy, and if if like you might be able to rattle off the top of your head, Barney, even though, but like um, are, are Tottenham that much more successful in the years since Daniel Levy's taken over overall, or? Is it kind of just been all for nothing and all a bunch of show? And no, when he took over, like we were like mid-table, like average team. You get, you get, um, like pumped by the big teams, and you beat some of the smaller teams. You play pretty good football, but like, yeah, there's no consistency. And then he's definitely made the club better, but also it's been very turbulent <laughs> under his like reign. Yeah, yeah commercially, I mean. commercially yeah. far more successful. Like, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit like I guess like like United these days, where it's like. Um, you know, commercially ju- like big, but the football is like there's no you're not winning anything. Like mm. we haven't won anything since. I mean, I can't remember when Levy took over, but like I think since he's taken over, we won the League Cup, and that's it. Yeah, like that's what I mean. 15, but- like 15 years. No, we were winning stuff right before that, but, that. It, but but he's like, yeah, he's he's good, good for the brand and good for the club commercially and getting us bigger to where we are now. Beautiful stadium, all that stuff. But yeah, it, it's not like it's been smooth sailing. There's been a lot of a lot of um. A lot of issues along the way, and I guess that comes with being a bigger team. The expectations growing as well. But I mean, like, like it, we sort of touched on a bit earlier. But like with Nuno, he first game of the season beats Man City one 0 and a pretty good Spurs performance, I would say, for at least like one half, like decent, decent performance. 
two more wins after that, manager of the month for August, top of the table going into the international break. Three months later, he's sacked. Yeah. That's a pretty quick turn of events. And it kind of feels a bit like the Watford sacking, where it's like <laughs> the team are the team are playing like team up Tottenham aren't playing good, but they're also in an all right spot on the table. Like they're seventh, they've got five wins. In five a very losses. competitive season. Yeah, and it's it's just sort of you don't usually expect managers to get sacked when they're sitting this high. Like it's weird. It would be weird. It's going to be weird now to see if Spurs get a manager bump and get some form going. Like they're not that like Champions League is still, but still a, a, a chance. And and I guess that's probably a big reason why they made the sacking now. But some someone whoever comes in, like I don't think is inheriting Nuno's team. And they're not really inheriting. Like everyone knows, Jose leaves scorched earth behind him, so he's still behind. Like. I just think you're going to bring someone in right now so they'll get January. They might be able to get a player in January. But, like, I, I can't see it improving dramatically with the players you have. Give him another really window. Short space time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like you, mean. You, you didn't even give – you gave Nuno 10 games and no transfers and then you're <laughs> going to give the next bloke January with an unhappy Harry Kane who was your most saleable asset. And, like, like I just can't – I can't see how it's going to get any better. Well, I think the only the only way it is going to get better is if you get someone in like who's been rumored like um, Conte. But he's got to clean. Gonna, he has to clean it out. Like he's got to clean. Yeah, yeah. But, but piss but off Deli Alley, like all but that. But he, but he, he clears out while in the middle of the season. Like he doesn't wait for a transfer window. He'll just if you if he doesn't want you, he'll burn you. You're done. You're training with the academy players. Like you're not in. You're not even in the squad. And he will just like it's his way or the highway. And that's what. And I think we touched on it last week. That's what this squad needs is someone. Like that, who's just like, it's my way or the highway. You're doing, you're doing what it, like, like, even Harry Kane's, you know, potentially can get like um, dropped. Like, there's nothing saying that he's guaranteed a spot in this team. If he doesn't adjust to Conte, who looks like he's going to come in, he doesn't adjust to his way of playing, then he's not going to be in the team. That's just how Conte is. Yeah, I think we can all agree that Spurs, uh, United, and Arsenal will be battling it out for the next month or two for the, um, most shambolic uh, team, mid-table team that should be higher than they are. Uh, Barney, enough Spurs. You want to you want to move it on? Yeah, right. We'll, uh, we could talk about it for days, but we'll, we'll go into a bit more yeah, of a light-hearted topic, and that is big old Davy Gold, one of the Dildo brothers, is back at it. So he uh, it was Issa Diop played his hundredth game for West Ham. Yeah, that good achievement for him. Well done. Um, and David Gold thought, yeah, it's my opportunity to get some Twitter clout. I'm going to post, uh, put a tweet out there saying, you know, congratulations, uh, Issa Diop, on 100 games. What picture does he put up? A picture of Zonde Silva. Not, not even Issa Diop. <laughs> on Zonde Silva. And uh, this is a pretty consistent thing from, from uh, old Dildo brother. He's done it before. He wished Winston Reid, if you remember him, New Zealand centre-back, used to play for West Ham. He wished him a happy birthday one time. Uh, put in a pic of former academy player Kyle Noyle. So, <laughs> so is I? Uh, so I'm not quite up to speed with these both these scenarios. So is he openly racist, accidentally, or just like senile? Like, or is it a bit of a bit of a, <laughs> or like, option, a laugh? option? Yeah, option three. Is he hilarious? Yeah, and, like, he's doing it deli- yeah deliberately. <laughs> Breaking down the barriers. <laughs> I, Barney, I can't remember who initially gave him the nickname, the Dildo Boys. It um, was, um, it and was, I'm I think scared it was, of Googling it. I think it was the Porto owner or like CEO. <laughs> it was, he said, oh, it was Sporting Lisbon. It was Sporting Lisbon because they were trying to get someone from Sporting Lisbon 
And this one Lisbon owner was just like not having a bar of it and he was really pissed off at him. And then, yeah, called him the Dildo Brothers. <laughs> the two yeah. guys gold in the camera. For our guys. listeners yeah. out there, make sure to turn uh, yes. Safe Search on Google uh, before you uh, search for that <laughs> yeah, one. Definitely. But he's he's got some, like, he's had some hilarious, like, encounters on Twitter. Some of the shit he puts out there. Worth a follow if you want. I saw someone saying he's worth a follow. He doesn't always post, but when he does, it's hilarious. So, yeah. Uh, he won transfer deadline day. He tweeted out, uh, don't go to bed. Nothing happened and the window closed and West Ham didn't sign anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, a, Got him. again, a great gag from him. Uh, another one was he he clapped back at former striker Benny McCarthy. Don't know if you guys remember him. You probably do, Jobby. You're pretty I old. I do, yeah. Uh, but um, he said, more importantly, Benny, footballers and beef burgers don't mix. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Really that. And the last one I had here was he um he said once on Twitter, I saw my wife having sex with my best friend in my swimming pool on the same day I discovered my father stealing my shares. What what a what a tweet to put out there. Is that a real and then, and then obviously some people some people were like, What are you talking about? Like, like give us some more clarity around it. He followed it up with it's a long time ago that I saw my late wife having sex in my pool. I've since filled it in and my father is dead. <laughs> oh, Jesus. What? Just bombshell after bombshell. <laughs> is, that, that, is that still there for people to see? Like, I believe you can go find it's these, there these tweets. Yeah. I, I, love, I love the kahunas on him. He's like, it's up. I'm leaving it up. Like, <laughs> so I think more to Josh's point, he just doesn't know pool. what he's doing. He probably doesn't think that it goes out. He's like, thinks he's putting in his own personal like diary. Yeah, it's like a text to a friend or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that he filled in the pool. <laughs> I mean, if you got the money, you might as well. <laughs> All right, let's get straight into the football because there are some crackers on the weekend. We start off with Arsenal 2, Leicester City 0. So I think I'm finally ready to admit, and it pains me to admit this, that Arsenal are a good team again. It's not just a flash in the pan. They actually yeah. are playing decently. Mm. Jobbo, mm. do you think the same? No, no, but I, I, I'm not convinced that they're like – a, a very good team yet, but they are in a very good run of form. They still, like for me, they started this game exceptionally well, but for, I think Leicester were really flat. I'm not talking like formationally oh, or tactically. They, they just seemed like they weren't at the races. For the first sort of, first five minutes, it looked like Arsenal were about to score and they did. And then they scored again and it, it, there was probably five Leicester defenders sort of standing around as Smith Rowe was just the sharpest person in the box and lashed at home. But Arsenal still looked like they had some vulnerability. Like once Leicester were able to play through that press a little bit and move the ball quickly, you sort of felt like they should have created more chances, but they didn't. And then come the second half, Leicester were significantly improved. So whatever Brendy did at halftime, um, Aaron Ramsdale had a good game. I don't think he's the best keeper ever. Um, <laughs> you sure? And I also, I'm just going to put it out there too, I think that free kick is a save he should make. Um I, I think it's a good save. I don't think it's the best save of the season, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's a good height. Oh, yeah. Got yeah. across there. There's only one place, Madison, one place. There's only one sort of area that James Madison can go to score that goal. And Ramsdale moved into it and saved it. I think it was a good save, but I don't, I'm not getting carried away at the world class. But you have a very good game. Um, but I do, I, I said last week when uh, Arsenal played Aston Villa, like, they're a good watch. And this week, again, like, they are, they're pretty entertaining and they're, Certainly showing some signs of, of improvement under Arteta. Yeah, it's sort of like um, like you said, they're not. You don't want to say they're they're a good team or or like a top four, or top maybe not even top six team yet. But like they're they're back to like whether it's form or they're just sorted out some of the attitudes and, and mental side of the game. So they're playing how they you'd expect that team to play. Like when you look at that team on paper, 
um, you you would you would think they play like this rather than before they all seemed a bit um bit wishy washy and and like there's no leaders out there and now there seems like there's a few that have sort of stepped up and 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 in this like form so yeah I, I've been really impressed with uh, Smith Rowe particularly I really like watching him play. Um, so did you hear his new nickname? No, he's the Croydon De Bruyne apparently. Oh, like oh really? That's it. up there with Stockport Messi. Um, on, that, on that, players who are really important to this team, um, obviously the signing of Tommy Asu has been very good. Like he's quite workmanlike at right back. He's like the anti-Hector Bellerin. Um, <laughs> and then Gabriel and Thomas Partey have come in and like I know that team, it felt like they were sort of a bit of a mess in the early rounds, but those two players have come back in. And like I think there's a bunch of stuff that you don't see from those two that seems to have really picked the team up. Like Ben White seems you know, eight foot tall, yeah, next yeah. to Gabrielle. And Gabrielle is just a beast in the air too. Yeah, yeah. It makes such a big difference. Just Even just one solid centre back to pull the other one into line and then it kind of pulls the whole core of the team together, I think. Yeah, well, it's, definitely. It, it's good. They've got that good balance between the centre backs of like a, a very strong in the air, aggressive defender like um, Gabrielle and then Ben White to balance him out with like a bit more, bit better passing and yeah. a bit more like what you call those classier centre backs. Um, kind of like not at the same level, but like what uh, Vidic and Ferdinand kind of were, right? Mm, like yeah. Vidic was a psychopath and then Ferdinand was that classy player playing it out. But um, yeah, I think Arsenal, like I said, yeah, much improved for me. And I think the reason I say they're a good team again is because the bar has been lowered for them. Like what they're playing like now is actually yeah, it's yeah. Good. that's good for them, and the bar's been lower. Like back in their old days, yeah, this is still isn't good enough. But now I think they're building, and that's what you like to see from your team is that every week they're getting sort of better and better. Yeah. And coming up against a lesser team at home, like this could have been this, six weeks ago, this would have been a blowout, like four nil. Yeah. And now they've come and knocked them off 2-0 there's, and made Leicester look like the better, worst team in the second half. Uh, still, the first half sorry. There's still a bit of naivety in possession with Arsenal sometimes. Like I think mm. they, turn, they turn the ball over a lot. Like in quite cheaply, like their yeah. their their passing accuracy doesn't seem as high as like the the you know the better size in the competition. But like yeah, genuinely really encouraging, and they are they are a good team to watch. I think they need to um just figure out that like balance between holding the ball up with passing around keeping possession and then laying the the forward pass. Like you know, yeah. Man City probably do it best out of anyone where they. They wait, they build, they build, and then they make that pass, and that pass is already a much higher percentage pass when they move it forward. And yeah. that's what Arsenal need to just work, keep working towards is that, that think, sort of tactic. Yeah, I don't know exactly the statistic, but I, I see, like, just, just glancing at them, it seems like they're still a, a younger side than, than a lot of other in the competition. I think that probably plays a big role in that. I know, you know, as a young player, you often, you just naturally, even though you, you, you do it at training and you get told to and stuff, and you, you do. It's sort of like as you're passing backwards and sideways and maintaining possession, it's like it builds up and it builds up and eventually you just got to like release it and just you just want to go forward a bit because like you're young and that's enjoyable sort of thing. So I think that that probably gets into them a bit and they probably just – that would be why they turn it over slightly more than they they need to. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, actually, on that, Josh, the 10 youngest teams been put out this season are all Arsenal. They're averaging yeah. around 24 years – um, for their teams. Makes sense. Put out. But do you think Evans should have been sent off for that sort of drag down on Abemiang? I mean, yes. if looking at the Laporte yeah. one, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, it's definitely. very I think I missed same. that. Yeah. So yeah. It wasn't like a huge moment in the game, but then I think the like the importance of that moment became more important when Laporte got sent off two hours later. 
Yeah, um, yeah. Because, like, exactly. you look at that and Evans, is, was, in my opinion, was, like, worse, if not the same. Probably more aggressive, you'd yeah, say. More yeah, more aggressive. And he just yeah. pulled Aubameyang down. Like, that, for me, is a red card. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, Where was and, it? And Aubameyang was probably, it was oh, second probably, half. Yeah, about yeah. 30 yards from goal. Yeah, and Aubameyang he's through. Was, he's through. Yeah, yeah. Like I know it's like all those factors where you're like, well, Aubameyang's lightning, world class finisher. Yeah, uh, but like, yeah, I, I genuinely thought it should have been a red card. Was and it a, a yellow? Uh, yeah, I think it was. No. Yeah, it has to be at least remember. yellow. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. But um, that was he was probably more in the clear than what uh, Zaha was. <laughs> yeah, back in the city game. But anyway, we'll touch on that a bit later. But yeah, I mean, it was a. Really good result for Arsenal. Good to get a away win. And Leicester now have uh, the equal worst home form since the start of last season, if you take out the relegated teams. So that's... Uh, <laughs> Just pick and choose the stats you want. This is, this is, that's the day. This that's is, the age we live in. It's 2020, it 2021, mate. Grow yeah, up. Sorry. Right. Sorry. All right. Let's move on. Josh is keen to get into this one. Yeah. So Liverpool to... Brighton to and Liverpool couldn't get it done at Anfield, Josh. Yeah, I, I often with these Liverpool games, I want to see what you guys think and then sort of like rebut your points. But let's um, I'll I'll say that Brighton were were good for the draw, absolutely, and and it's not it's one of those ones again. I think there was a game earlier in the season where it was a little bit disappointing of a result for Liverpool, but I was I was sort of like because the other team were good and we weren't so good. I'm not upset about the draw. Like it was. Not a bad result for us in the end, and and not a bad result for Brighton. Um, I think if either team were going to win this game, it should have been Liverpool. It definitely should have killed it off early, but we didn't, and it it came back and bit us in the butt. What did you think, Job? Yeah, it was it was uh, quite a contrast to the Liverpool we've seen in the last couple of weeks, where it's like they get on top and then they just hammer teams and like put their foot on the throat. I don't know, maybe you scored two goals too early, and you were just yeah. Well, like, so. We had, and then that Mane one went in, obviously disallowed, but that sort of was around the time when we would normally say get that third and then it'd be game over and we'd maybe pile on a couple more or or like lock it up. But yeah. um, because that didn't happen, I remember seeing that get disallowed. And I was like, yeah, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll get another one. And then they scored the their goal just before sort of half time. And I was like, I felt like that's ah, pretty inconsequential. We'll get a couple more in the second half. We'll still feel like we're on top. Yeah. And particularly that first sort of 40, 35, 40 minutes Liverpool were for the most part, purring. And the goals just looked so easy. They were just cutting Brighton apart so easily. Yeah. And then it was almost like in the second half, they took the foot right off the gas when they were only 2-1 up. Yeah. And, and not only that, it was, which is fine, but they weren't playing well either. They were they were turning the ball over and they weren't pressing as much and it just looked fatigued. I said but to Barney, it was, I, yeah. When I, was, I felt like Brighton needed a stroke of luck to get back in the game. Like, because they were And being, they got it. And they got it. Like, that was, I don't think he meant that. Um, if he did, it's you know up there with one of the goals of the season. But like they, you felt like they needed something to go their way for them to get back in the game, and they got it. And then I think things really changed. Yeah, I think it's also not so much a um, a slight on Liverpool not finishing off the game, but just a testament to Brighton, who like a two nil down yeah. at that stage. And, uh, and I mean, Potter. yeah, like even if you take out the like you look at the, okay, yeah, they got the goal that could be a random event, whatever. But the second half to come out and just go at Liverpool again, they were like leaving three players up front to press Liverpool when it turned over constantly. Like, And they were 2-1 down at Liverpool, you know, against one of the best teams in the competition. Like that's that's um, like a lot of confidence in themselves and just like um, really good by them to just continue and keep pressing and pressing and pressing and, and get to where they did. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it was 
right after half time there was that Salah goal that was disallowed his offside by like a foot and so that not not even that's a stroke of luck either but that could have also killed the game but then it was I don't know it's sort of like when you see like Tai Chi and like the, it's like all about balance and you know they always talk about like the opponent might throw a punch or a kick and as their momentum moves you know you kind of just deflect it and sort of push them <laughs> off balance it was sort of like that because every player has every team has that moment like 10-15 minutes of a game where they're they're like recovering, particularly Liverpool when they have to like not press so hard. And it was just that perfect timing of, of Graham Potter's changes that when Liverpool had that 10-minute period where they were off, that they they really ramped up their attack and stuff from Brighton, like seemingly intentional, and it was perfect timing. And so they really got on top for like about a 30-minute period, like in the mm-hmm. middle of that second half, um, and, and got the goal they needed. So, yeah, yeah it was love, love really impressive from Graham. Love the Tai Chi yeah. reference. And the, the last goal from Brighton too was like a cracking football goal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nothing, mm. Yeah, I, I was disappointed with the defending, but it was like really smooth from Brighton. Mm. It was. Um, what did we think about Mane's handball? So yeah, I, yeah. I, oh, yeah. See, I, I um, it, it could be – I feel like last season that's a handball, but this year where they're talking about like a deflection off your foot like that, like he kicked it into – he blocked it with his foot and it comes back and hits him in the arm. It goes in like for me. I thought that wouldn't be called handball. Like I'm not yeah. super worried that it was called handball, but like at the same time, I'm thinking I thought it because he didn't put his arms out and it it came straight off his foot into it like quite quickly. Like he's no way he's gonna be able to move his arm or could even see the ball. So yeah, I know what you mean. It's like that whole he's he's off the ground, his arms balancing. It's kicked really from really close. It hits his foot, deflects up into the arm. So there's a number of factors that would you know make you think that it wouldn't be. But I think for me. Like I said, I'm a bit of a purist in this sense. I feel like any contact with the hand or arm should pretty much be a handball if it affects the play enough, which it did because it makes the ball literally go 180 degrees back towards the goal. So you can't really ignore it. Yeah, I feel like because it went in off his arm, it kind of like it was like it's sort of, they almost like have to call it handball. Yeah, that's yeah. why I think so. I wasn't yeah. disappointed, even though we didn't. It kind of cost us a little bit. I'm still not upset about that there one. There's so many disallowed goals in this game from both teams. There was like I think it was five all up in the end. Like offsides, five? the Mane, like over both teams. Like mm-hmm. there was a lot of disallowed Maybe, goals. Yeah. All right, but, boys, so wait, we'll move on, but I want to give you one last stat for this game. So that was no, Liverpool's yep. that was the two hundred and fiftieth time Liverpool have led a Premier League home game by at least two goals, but only the sixth time they failed to go on and win. There you go. Shit. Mm. Where did you pull that one out of? Uh, yeah, Bible? choosing stats. Give me um, sports. <laughs> I, I did it myself. I just went back through all the games, every single home game. That was quick. Oh, so you're, you're a writer for Give Me Sport now. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Let's jump on to the next one here. Chelsea 3, Newcastle 0. And it was a very dominant display from Chelsea here. And the Reese James show jobber. Getting to half time in this game, did you think – the tuner a real chance here to pinch one. Yeah, I was. So I was watching the Liverpool game and kept checking my phone, like uh, in bed to, to check the Man City and the Chelsea game, and both were for a lot of the time were like nil all. I'm like, come on, come on, come on, hold on. <laughs> and then I checked five ten minutes later, and Chelsea three 0 up. I'm like, they were they sake. were they were in the game without really being in the game. Um, like the score, yeah, line, the score line suggests that they are in the game, but um, Chelsea were absolutely all over them. Um, they just—I think that this is like a half, and obviously you got to look at the game in its entirety. But a half where they just needed someone to put the ball in the back of the net, and then yeah. eventually Reese James was able to do that quite stunningly. Um, but those wing backs are really quite an offensive threat for Chelsea. Like they're all of them. 
they're coming more like a like a attacking in more of a Liverpool style in that sense where they're really getting forward scoring and assisting. Yeah, uh, did you, uh, good did for you, James. Hear what um, uh, Tuchel said on it, on the wing backs after the game. No, no. obviously talking about how Reese James scored a lot, like two this week, one last week. Chile scored one last week, and uh, he was saying, "Oh, maybe we should put Lukaku and Werner at wing back." Ah, be banging in the goals. That's a good one. But I think it's true. I'd love to see the statistics, and Holes is probably more your area of like how often a Chelsea wingback starts three games in a row. Because like I think that role mm. would be really fatiguing. Um, oh like yeah, up and back, up and back, and more so than any other Chelsea player on the pitch. Yeah, it'd be the same at Liverpool too, I guess. Like yeah, Robbo, and I think you got to just be built different almost though. Yeah, well, they seem they seem to miss quite a few games, especially Alexander Arnold, like soft tissuey type. Injuries, yeah, as sense. they're getting older. Yeah, but um, yeah, Chelsea absolutely dominant, so not too much to add on this one. But it's pretty much the only thing I didn't expect was to Newcastle to get to half time with nil all, and then basically <laughs> it, it went exactly. There's a Jorginho pain in there. It pretty much went exactly how you thought it would go. Yeah, when are they getting their money, Newcastle? Because uh, they're getting battered the last couple of weeks. Oh, I think it's B pay, so it could take a little while. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> Five to thirty business days. Yeah, and a weekend in there. I came through, I thought, came I through they... PayPal, got hacked. I don't know. <laughs> I, I thought they were after paying the, uh, <laughs> the purchase oh, of the yeah. club, so that over four sense. equal payments over eight weeks. So still, still after maybe paying, another, a few more. <laughs> still after paying Joel Linton as well. So <laughs> a, few, a few more weeks, they should have that wrapped up. But um, to, a, a couple of notable things here: now, new entrant into the wrist strap game, Jorginho. Nice little oh, one yeah. on the left hand there. That was nice to see. I wonder see. what's under that one. Yeah. Um, Chelsea have only conceded three goals for the first 10 games, and the only team to ever have a better record in the Premier League era than that was Chelsea back in 04 05 with two that's, goals. That's Jose <laughs> Mourinho's super yeah. team, isn't it? That got like the f- 100 the fir- points. The first year, I think Jose, Jose was in there, right? Yeah, so it I, was, been, I yeah. was actually looking at something similar to this last week, Barney, and I just want to put it in perspective. So if you get 100 points. You've only dropped 14 points all season. Yeah, it's impressive. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, yeah. like, and I think because teams are so good now, you like expect it. But I'm like, that's like, that means you've maybe lost like five games. Chelsea have only lost points as well to City and Liverpool this season. They're the yeah, team. Exactly. So they've beat, beat everyone else. Yeah. And that's what you've got to do in this, this like league is those like two or three teams that are going to compete with you for the title. You've just got to beat or draw with them and then just batter everyone else. Mm. And pray for the best. All right, let's let's move it on to the next one here. And big upset of the uh, the weekend. It was Crystal Palace two, Manchester City nil. And Jobba, you are very keen to get into this one. Oh, I think we all are. Bloody hell, Patrick Vieira is a genius, boys. I've been telling you since day one. Um, I I feel like this is one of those weeks where everything went the way that it needed to for Palace to win this game. Like they got an early chance. City looked. I don't know, like it's hard to say if it was Palace's uh, tactically astuteness that prevented City from playing out, but they just didn't look as comfortable and as smooth as they normally do. And then the first goal was basically a lesson in not playing out from the back. And then we got Laporte set off for something similar. And then it happened again. Like they just didn't learn from their mistakes. Just jog my memory. I can't, I'm, I can remember the second goal, but I can't pick to the first one. You have to jog my memory on that one. Uh, I think it's a Conor Gallagher turnover, feeds Will Zaha. Oh, yep, yep, yep. And then yep, Will yep. Zaha gets like a, a pretty dodgy looking finish into the corner. But, yeah, um, it, it, yeah. It, it was like a two on one and then Zaha just burned past him and then tucked it home. Like at that stage, you're like, oh, City are going to come back here and probably hit him for 10. Yeah. But uh, like it just they just kept turning up and City just weren't as fluent as they normally are. 
I remember when I, as I said, I was glancing at the scores while watching the Liverpool game. When I saw that red card go up for Man City, I'm like, come on, like we can, we can, you can do it, you can do it. And then, um, yeah, I was I was shocked by this one actually. And then that the second goal, just I don't know, it looked such a weird goal. Like there was was it the back three or four for City were back, and then it was like two or three of the um, Crystal Palace players up, and then it just seemed like every other player on the field was out of shot, like way still up the pitch it yeah. was such a weird looking sort of counter-attack like nobody else in man city tried to def- track back and defend and yeah. so they were just left left uh it, left hanging a bit there i feel like i can't think it was the first goal or second goal but i feel like ruben diaz makes a real error in judgment going across he doesn't need to he sort of half commits and then i think it's i think it could be the second goal and I then think, eventually yeah. feeds it back and it seems like he makes a fairly poor decision there um, so he's not going to win the best defender in the universe again. But Manchester <laughs> City have now lost four of their last 10 Premier League home games, as many defeats as they had in their previous 55 on home soil. That's crazy. Jesus. Yeah, that was um bad day for the City back line, but also Conor Gallagher, again, was just so good. And it, like if he is on in a game, like Palace looks so much better and so much more dangerous going forward because he just provides that late run into the box as a midfielder or, you know, another option going forward. And he, he's, um, yeah, having a real sort of career season at the moment. Um, and I'll be surprised if he actually stays at Palace next year if he, um, if he keeps going the way he's going. So, so Palace, um, obviously that's an excellent result. They've drawn with Arsenal, drawn with Leicester, beaten Spurs, but they are still only 12th or 13th in the table. It's too many, too many draws we worked out, wasn't it? Like you, yeah. you think about Palace and like, yeah, they've, they've they've hit some form, but then I remember you look at the numbers and you're, oh yeah, they've drawn like six, most of their games. Six draws, and they've lost the same amount of games as Manchester City, West Ham, and <laughs> yeah, Brighton. So I was gonna say, like, they're not they're not losing games at the same time. Like you're not winning them, but at least you're not losing them. Like it's it's almost an anomaly that they're in that. Like the teams around them have all lost at least like five games, so it's, it's. You feel like you feel like if you can keep hanging in there for those draws, but eventually they'll start winning games because the performances are good as well um, from Crystal Palace. But thirty-eight draws will not keep you up, I don't think. Not this year. <laughs> no. All right. Well, yeah. Probably uh, will su- this year with some of the shit that's down the bottom. Exactly. You can all say a big suck shit to Man City, <laughs> and uh, let's move on to the big one. You two are probably gonna have a field down this one. Hey, Barn. I've just got a quick one here. Let me just check my notes. Um. Yeah. So Tottenham is shit. United aren't as shit. Um, that's, <laughs> that's all I had on this game. Still shit. <laughs> I, I also had some quite some quite detailed notes here, and it just said United aren't good, but Spurs are more shit. All right. Let's move on to the next that's one. Like bang on. Not much more to say on that one. Um, no, I want to. I want to dig the boots in a little bit, Sam. Um, just because for the first goal for Cristiano Ronaldo there, that was absolutely beautiful, and I think the difficulty of that technique is just so understated like cross the body ball coming it, over it was the delicious it was delicious oh, that, that's that, what you get for those sorts of wages that's what you expect to see when when they signed Ronaldo you expected to see that like Bruno Fernandez in that 10 role whipping a few into him Ronaldo getting a header or a volley you like stuff like that that looked like what you expected um, it's just that no other team in the league has let um, United do that aside from Tottenham. <laughs> cheers also the yeah. man's like 36 now and he's still banging him in the ass Pretty freaking impressive for like oh yeah who like yeah, his equal, age and that equal oldest scorer in the Premier League ever isn't it with Didier Drogba 
a goal uh, and both, assist. Yeah, oh, same yeah, yeah, age, yeah. same day, both same super assist. contribution. Yeah, exactly. Same super contribution. <laughs> they would not have the same super contribution. <laughs> not even um, close. But no, there's a couple. Another interesting fact. So I just want to talk quickly about that second goal for Edison Cavani. So Ronaldo picks up a gorgeous assist, but um, a really cheap turnover in the center of the park from Hoiberg, a player that I, I really <laughs> like. So he smacks the ball into the hip of an already not very good Oliver Skip. Hey, Skip's yeah. not the problem. Play off Skip. Well, I'm going to go in on Skip anyway. So, But it, he smacks it into his hip, right? And he's like, I'll oh, bring that down with Bruno Fernandes hammering down on you. It's ball speed. It is. It's, it's all very, about ball speed these days. It is about ball speed, but it's just that awkward area. And then Hoiberg like, throws his arms up in the air. And then if he'd have, instead of throwing his arms up in the air, if he just tracked back, that goal I don't think happens. Because Cavani, like he gets sucked across, and then Cavani gets slid through, like slid through. But if Hoiberg just runs to Cavani, like it doesn't happen. I also want to know, like, what's he throwing his arms up about? Like, you just put a ball, a shit pass in at hip height to Skip, who's already under pressure, and then he hasn't controlled it. Like, you know, you probably wouldn't expect him to. And then you're complaining about it, being like, "Oh, yeah. fucking control it." And yeah, I know, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean, Joe. But I was watching. Watching it, like, uh, I think back on the replay again, like, yeah, Hoiberg stops for like two or three seconds and just like, is like, can't believe what's happened. And I'm like, hey, get back and fucking defend. You're like, or we're already yeah, under pressure, like, out man. Like, like, deal with it later. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah, it was lift uncharacteristic. Kivani. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uncharacteristic from him, I find. <laughs> it's it's sort of a, a sign of the times, I think, when your, your defensive midfield, sort of industrious, hard man, simple sort of ball player type player is the one throwing his hands up in the air, being a bit of a prima donna. Yeah. When like you need, he's the one that should should always be team first and like any turnover, even it's, he'll be the, you know, he makes a mistake, he puts his hand up, tracks back immediately and he normally would do that. So when that type of player for your team is, is the one throwing his hands up, that's that's when you got some attitude problems, I think. I honestly think that Hoiberg's one of the players who's who's probably given up on Nuno and his system. Yeah, like, I'm not saying that his performances have been really shit recently, but like, uh, just the way he's his body language and like even in the interview after the game, he was like, he's like didn't want to talk about it. He's like, he was really pissed off. I think he's he's sort of given up. Doesn't doesn't like the system that they're playing and and wasn't enjoying it. And like, if you look at the way he plays for Denmark, like he's he's almost like he's playing a different position. Yeah, uh, and Denmark, the way he plays gets forward a lot more and that. So yeah, I think that's that comes into it a little bit. But again, he's still in the wrong there. He still should have been getting back. But I mean, yeah, outside of that, Joe Rose, where you touched on it in the group chat, like the defending outside of that was also terrible. Ramiro was sort of indecisive in what he wanted to do and was in and out, in and out. And what I what actually pissed me off the most about that goal was fucking Eric Dyer <laughs> would put his. I still can't believe players do this. Maybe it's just like a bit of a natural reaction for them because they're used to doing it back before VAR. But he was like, he was the one who held Cavani on side. And then he put his arm up straight away and was just trying to claim offside. And then, like, he always abuses the linesman every time. Like, there's VAR. It's going to, whether it's yeah. offside or not, it's going to be checked. Just get over it. And he just, it's like, you're not going to, you can't do the old, like, oh, I'll yell at the linesman to try and convince him to go my way. It's like, that doesn't happen anymore. It's either, Offside or not. They'll get found, yeah. Yeah. So it's just that really annoyed me as well. But yeah, it was very, very bad from Tottenham all round. And like we're a pragmatic team that's conceded 16 goals this season. So <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's not looking good Maybe for us, pragmatic though. means something else in Portuguese. Let's see. Yeah. But I think <laughs> the other thing that, that I really hate about Tottenham right now is their, like, their shit watch. Their attitude is horrible. But like. The, the players, the players on the pitch. You look at that, like that team rolls out, and you're like, 
that's not too bad. Like he should be doing better, that, but it just seems like the count, like they constantly like muffing up counterattacks and they're indecisive. And they're just a horrible team to watch. But that's why I'm not like super worried about it because if if someone comes in, you get the right manager and that like the squad is very good still. I find for like Tottenham's level, like in terms of like you're not you know not as good as like any of the top boys, but like the squad is still solid all round. Like yeah, you got you good, got good players yeah. in every position, and you can really achieve something good still. So that's why I'm not as worried. Like if it was a team a few years ago, you'd be like very worried. But now we got good players in there. I'm hoping that we can sort of turn it around a bit. But but who knows? Who knows? And like we touched on earlier, I think yeah, this wasn't like nobody coming out of this game going, "Oh shit, United are good." You know, you know, like yeah, good win for them. I think rumors are always getting a new contract extension, so that's good for you boys. <laughs> actually. actually. No, no, not, oh, not even slightly. But um, it's, just, it's not an extension; it's just an upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it was it, it came at a good time for United. Maybe I don't know you yourself was sort of probably hoping that Tottenham would win and Oli would get sacked, but uh, not. So I can't. Bad. I can't. I don't know how I can. I can't like balance that out with myself. Where like I'm at the end of the game, you're like, oh yeah, we won, and then you're like, is that really what I wanted? Like it's a really deep <laughs> philosophical question. It is All right, tough. Let's let's move on to what I thought was the performance of the weekend. Aston Villa one, West Ham four. And Barney, you mentioned off air that you think Declan Rice is a poor man's Nemanja Matic, but like he just keeps proving, <laughs> he keeps he keeps proving you wrong. That's that is libelous. That is, I think that guy, that is disgusting. That, who was the whoever's on the comms on uh, for that game was raving about Rice the whole time and was saying they reckon he's the best centre midfielder in um in the EPL at the moment, which yeah, it's a big claim, but it's, you know, it's it's he's be in the top top three, top five for sure. But um Jobba, I wanna I wanna throw you back a question. Does it frustrate you that Moisey's got a system at West Ham that is just working so well and it's and it's mm. uh it they look like a really well drilled team that are all buying into it? Uh yeah it does. But at the same time I um I am a Moisey fan. But I think he was the wrong man at the wrong time at Manchester United. So it doesn't matter who you put into that role when he was at Manchester United. It was going to be a spectacular failure. Because The only person who would have succeeded up, was Sir Alex. And he still might. Um, he's still <laughs> hanging around the training ground giving advice apparently. Um, I thought it could have been Darren Ferguson, but he was tied up with Peterborough. Um, no, look, they are fantastic, aren't they? Like, they, it's, I think Declan Rice is like he's a very good player, but he's in a system that he is like the perfect player for that system yeah. that he fits in exactly well with. Because they're not a team that like he's on the ball a lot, so he doesn't have to do like a bunch of incisive passes that I think he might not necessarily be comfortable with. But he does do that. But it's at the right times when they're like they've pressed high and they've won it, and he can do that. And the way he like steams out of midfield, like it's just so nice to watch someone like picking the ball up and just. From a defensive midfield, just driving at an opposition defence. Like it's, I know it's a bit old school, but like you just love to see that in a game, and just his general leadership. But like the other thing that's really important for me is, did you see the first goal from Johnson? So I've, I haven't seen Johnson before. Yeah, admit, it was a belt. cut in, great goal. But then the celebrations afterwards, and I think the commentators were hammering on about it. Was like the unity in this team. Like you've got every single oh, yeah. player running into the <laughs> corner oh, yeah. to do this stupid yeah. dance. But like you're sitting there, and like, well, I'm so happy about this. Like look how happy they are. Like the once you start winning, like the it's a really um, it's like a habitual thing. Like everyone's in on it now. Like yeah, it becomes so a happy habit. About yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just really good to see how happy they are, and they were just they were a level above Villa in this game. Oh yeah, no doubt. And yeah. then the yeah, the red, I mean red card never helps, but yeah, it's um, uh, it it wouldn't have mattered. I don't think regardless. No, but 
what do you, so they obviously Consa got the red card and and you know probably rightly so as it got denied a goal scoring opportunity. But what about uh, Courtney Horse just coming through with the bow before that and just copping uh, four nails in the head? Did you see that? Yeah, it was like the tackle. He's very before lucky. That. Yeah, I, I I thought they would go back to VAR and they would be like, oh, Horse is gone and maybe not send off Consa. But it's a it yeah. was it was it was a very aggressive tackle. Bro. I'm very surprised he didn't get sent off. But um, yeah, great win for West so, Ham and Villa have now conceded three goals in their last three games. That's exactly where I was going with this, Barney. I think we're all waxing <laughs> lyrical. We're waxing lyrical about West Ham right now, and rightly so. Like they're doing very well. But what do you think about Villa? Are they are they a relegation fodder? No, team, no, right they're not, but if uh, they finish in the nah. bottom half, that's it's it's uh, that's a that's a bad season for them with the investment they've made and stuff like that. Their I think form, it's bad. Their form line right now is the worst in the division, so they've lost four in a row. Yeah, I feel like Norwich, Newcastle, oh, Norwich. yeah, like Watford, obviously Norwich. are like <laughs> bigger <laughs> candidates. Yeah, but Newcastle will get Newcastle will get some money. Burnley will get some results. Like it just looks, it doesn't really look good right now for Aston Villa. Yeah, you're right. They're definitely not anywhere near what I guess you would expect of them uh, at the start of the season. I think losing like Grealish had a way bigger hit to the squad than than it should have. Maybe not that you would say you expected, but that you would realistically it should have. Yeah, I think it's it's yeah it's definitely been underestimated how big of an impact him leaving had on that squad. And like I think probably overshadowed a bit by like they got rid of him and made or they even made the good signings before he left. Like he was still expected to leave, but they made they got good players in, and so you're like, oh, you know, Grealish is a big part of the team, but you know they'll they'll recover with these good players, and it just hasn't clicked. And yeah, like I mean, defensively last year they were pretty, they got really well good towards their second half of the season, and they were really stodgy to try and break down. But now they're really open at the back, and not even you know Martinez's heroics can try and save them from the back. But um, yeah, that's is. That is it for the Premier League games we're looking at in depth. We will just touch on some Champions League games that are coming up this week, so definitely make sure you get your eyes on these. Liverpool versus Atletico Madrid. I mean, Liverpool pretty much got this group sewn up. Josh, you uh, think this will be a win for you guys? Uh, yeah, I hope so. A little bit of a bounce back from the weekend. Um, yeah, a, a draw or a win I'd be happy with. Um, I think one or two draws and we've like we'll qualify anyway, so if we get the win, we're sorted. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, Atletico always a tough team, especially for Liverpool. But I think, yeah, I think we can get the job done. Mm. Jabba, do you do you see it going the same way? No, I'm hoping for a nil-all draw. Yeah, Atletico's I'll league form. <laughs> Atletico's league form's a bit patchy, but um, I think they should be hopefully more stodgy than they were last time and force a draw here. I've I've never heard someone hope for a nil-all draw mm. in a in like a, te- a game that's not their own team. That's such yeah. a such a weird and one. And I know you you hate Liverpool, but then you, wouldn't you want them to just lose? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh no, that's too much. <laughs> oh, oh, that's just that's just petty. <laughs> no, because I think you, I think you can watch it all and still enjoy it from a purest sense. Um, and Atletico Madrid are unbeaten in the last two previous games in Liverpool. Uh, sorry, against Liverpool at Anfield, and obviously that was that super spreader event as well. So okay, I guess <laughs> so you're you're just trying to sound really cultured, Jabba. Like, oh, I just want it for the purest one for the purest, See. please. Yeah, yeah right. well, Let's move on to one for the purists, and that would be Man City versus Club Brugge. And I mean, the, la- the result last game was five-one away for City. So does that mean it's going to be ten-one? 
This uh, time. No, no, yeah, certainly not the, the purists. Because yeah, well, Barney, all purists enjoy a fucking ten nil shellacking. Um, <laughs> so City obviously beat them five one fairly comfortably. Lost on the weekend. They're going to absolutely hammer them at home in front of all their fans, and they'll all come down in one car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that you hit the nail on the head, job. I think that's going to go exactly Ooh. as you mentioned it. And another one, I think there's uh, there's no one on Team Malmo, and that is. Malmo versus Chelsea. Chelsea are away here. This looks like it's going to be pretty straightforward again. Anything surprising happening in this fixture? Nah. It's going to be very cold. Uh, um, Chelsea striker scores. <laughs> That'll be the weird thing. There might not be one playing. They're all injured. Yeah, Kai Havertz. Um, no, nah, Norway this time of year, I believe, is quite chilly. Is it Norway? No, Malmo, Sweden. Sweden, Sweden. Sweden I mean, Sweden, still Sweden very cold. Yeah, yeah, in that Nordic area. But Sweden this time of year is very cold, so um, that's probably... All I've got to add, I don't think it won't be. Bring a jacket. Yeah, bring a jacket if you had no. It won't be enough to stop Chelsea winning. <laughs> All right. The last one we got here is Atalanta at home with Man United visiting. Jobby, you guys got away with it in the last game. Can you pull it off again? Uh, Barney, I think we'll get away with it again. Uh, At- Atalanta <laughs> yeah, is unfortunately, I think kind so of well. our... Uh, yeah, our kindred spirit in that sense, Atalanta. Um, their results have been extremely patchy, so you just don't know what they're doing uh, week to week. So they're not quite the footballing um, – they are a team for the purists historically, but they're not quite that this year with all the injuries and they're a bit up and down. And I thought this year they pushed for the title, but they're not. Um, so I think United should, 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 should have enough quality for this with Atalanta's injuries, but you just never know what you're going to get with Manchester United either. Yeah, and I know you said it was petty before, but I do hope Atalanta beat uh, United comfortably and send you guys back to Europa League where you belong. <laughs> that's what we want to hear. That's what yeah, we that's, want. That's petty. I'll All take right. it. I don't and care. There's some, other, there's some other great games in the Champions League, so do have a look if you get the chance. That is it for the show. Jubba, where can they catch us? Uh, they can catch us uh, by email, footballplayedonpaper at gmail.com, Facebook, footballplayedonpaper, Instagram at footballonpaper, and Twitter at footballonpods. Wolves just got up as well, boys, so massive week ahead. Nice. All right. Well, take care, boys. All the best. Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one.